This is the ERP Advisor. The ERP Advisor's Overview of Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our webinar today. This summer, ERP Advisors Group is spotlighting the most prominent vendors in the ERP software market. Today, we will be, we will be discussing Microsoft's offerings and providing key insights into our experience working with them. One of the most so, uh, well-known software platforms in the market. They were um, founded in 1975. Sean, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yep, yeah. Good to see you. Excited to talk about uh, our vendor. Yeah. So with that, can you tell us who is Microsoft? Oh, well, <laughs> that's a big I, question to ask, I know, right? right? Yeah. Um, that's like me telling you who, uh, you know, like somebody really big is. Everybody knows Microsoft. So most people know Microsoft from the Office suite, right? You think about Word, you think about Excel or PowerPoint or Outlook. Um, you know, Internet Explorer used to be in existence, so that was the web browser. So most people know that side of it, right? Then there were also people that run systems administration side within large organizations, even small organizations. You, of course, the Windows operating um, base, right? Operating system, which, uh, you know, machine runs, your laptop runs, not ours because we use Macs, but anyway, but PCs run and servers run, right? So in that operating system, especially in the server side, is, of course, focused on business. And you have Office, which is also sold to businesses, so Microsoft's been in the business of B2B software for a very, very, very long time. But then, as uh, Rebecca helped me to find, um, in the early, early, early 2000s, Microsoft decided to go out and acquire a couple ERP solutions. So that's how they got into the ERP market. So they've been in the ERP market for multiple decades, right. just through acquisition. And of course, when they bought these organizations, they became very solid Microsoft um, subsidiaries or business units that then Microsoft has poured tons and tons, billions of dollars of research and development funds into these solutions to make them bigger and better and add new functionality as well as go into the cloud. So. Ooh. When we talk about Microsoft and ERP advisors, that's the, the conversation we have, of course, is around the ERP solutions, not the operating system, or they've got a ton of other business tools that, that but we're talking ERP. And that's really when they started was about uh, two decades ago. Wow. So can you talk to us about what exactly do they sell and are there certain industries that they focus on? And if so, why those particular industries? Yeah. Oh boy. So um, traditionally, um, so Microsoft basically made two major acquisitions, right? They bought um, Great Plains out mm -hmm. of the Midwest part of the US, right? That had, I think it also already purchased another ERP company called Solomon. Okay. And then Microsoft also purchased a company called Navision out of Scandinavia, but a an organization. So Navision was very focused on manufacturing and um, kind of kind of manufacturing global sort of businesses, whereas Great Plains was very focused on sort of distribution, U.S.-based, North American-based organizations. SL or Solomon was professional services. Okay. Now, so you, have, so you have the Great Plains organization, then you had the Navision organization, 
Great Plains had Solomon and Great Plains. Navision had Navision, and they had a next generation platform that they were creating called Exapta. Mm. That's how you pronounce that, Rebecca. It's Exapta with an X, right? It's like a Z. And so they bought Navision also. And and so, and they, they got Navision and Exapta, and they kind of bunched all these products together. Um, I think in the 2010s, um, to create maybe even a little earlier than that, to create what they called the dynamics um, mm-hmm. kind of product category. So that had dynamics SL, dynamics GP, dynamics NAV or NAV, and dynamics AX. And then also Microsoft had written um, a platform for customer relationship management. So you also had dynamics CRM. Oh, okay. They had these five solutions. And it was a little bit confusing to the market um, of like, oh, I have Dynamics. Okay, well, that is good. But which one? Because they're all different things. And these were separate code bases, completely and totally separate code bases. And each one was targeted a little bit different. Solomon was for services, like I said. GP was for distribution or general financials. That's where we see it a lot. And then Navision was smaller manufacturers. And then the Exapta platform was really targeted towards bigger organizations. Maybe not quite the Fortune 50, but definitely the larger organizations throughout the world that had more complex requirements and needed a bigger platform to run their business on. And then there was CRM. So then Microsoft, um, as the cloud was really coming into fruition and, and really forming in uh, over the last 10 years, they did decide, okay, you know, we we have these, these legacy solutions. Um, there, you know, anytime a software vendor has a lot of solutions, it's it's hard to maintain. Like we've talked about this this summer with some of the other vendors, you know, it's like having a bunch of children that you have to feed and put shoes on them and right. give them socks and you know, maybe give them a bat, right? It's kind of the same with the software vendors, where the software solutions that you have to maintain each one of these code bases. So Microsoft sort of made the strategic decision to say, look, we want to put all the solutions in the cloud. <clears throat> and as you can imagine, they want to put it in their cloud solution that's called Azure. Right. And we're only going to do two solutions going forward. One of them is going to be called, uh, boy, that's a good question. It used to be called Finance and Operations. And then the other one was called Business Central. So Microsoft Dynamics 365. So we added the 365 piece. Mm-hmm. Business Central, Finance and Operations. Now, there's other solutions too, like <clears throat> field services and some other stuff, and even supply chain management. So sometimes you hear finance and supply chain management. That's the old Exapta. Business Central is the old math. So what do you do if you have GP and SL, right? Well, you're probably going to move to Business Central. So we should talk about the pricing for these guys for sure. It's quite interesting. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But that's just an overview, a pretty deep overview of those solutions. <clears throat> right. So with that, Sean, um, and the like the different levels and the different tiers of offerings, um, what are the most prominent features that Microsoft has to offer? Yeah. So if you think about the business central solution, it's really solid in financials and in sort of inventory um, and kind of a core distributor manufacturer environment. Perfect, right? 
If we start adding things like planning or manufacturing execution systems or, um, you know, heavy warehouse management requirements, the interesting thing about Microsoft is its partner channel. There's a lot of partners that are called independent software vendors that have written solutions that work with Business Central. So you can sort of plug them in. So oftentimes when we do selections, we'll have Business Central, and then there'll be three or four other solutions that also come in to meet the requirements for like a little more advanced manufacturer, say, but a core distributor or somebody who wants to use it for financials, BC is fine. Mm-hmm. On the upper end for the, the finance and operations, I'll just call it, the, the name's yeah. keep changing. It went from finance and operations to finance and supply chain management. And then I think it's going back to finance and operations. Maybe somebody who listens to this, we got a guy, I think in the... Um, uh, European area of the world that'll let Rebecca know for sure on what we should call it. I want to know. Let us know, please. Right, really right, right. Um, but um, that solution, so this is the bigger one now, okay? It's a little wonky in that it's partners have taken that solution and they've built out um, intellectual property or IP on the F&O platform to target it towards micro verticals. Mm. So um, we have a construction business right now that we're working with. And there's a, there's a firm that wrote construction, uh, home builder specific construction functionality on the F&O platform. So we're working with them. We have a client that is in the uh, food ingredients and fragrance industry. And we're working with a Microsoft partner who has batch manufacturing capability, quality management for food and food safety sheets, uh, data sheets, and all the rest of the stuff that goes with food. There's an engineering, (coughs) excuse me, architecture engineering professional services partner we've worked with a bunch of times that's built some really nice solutions on the FNO platform for AEC, for architecture engineering construction. So, you know, the BC world is more general. And it's more targeted towards, you know, a little bit smaller firm. I don't know where I would put the, the, the demarcation point, 100 million, 200 million under, probably okay. more BC. Above that, you're going to go with the finance and operation-based solution, knowing that that solution is more expensive to, to implement for sure, because it's just bigger. And we can, again, talk more about pricing in a bit, but does yeah. that help? Does that segment out there? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And with that, let me ask you, how customizable is um, the Microsoft, the, the various Microsoft platforms to fit the needs of different industries and different verticals, different businesses, what have you? Yeah. So Business Central is pretty configurable for sure. Again, the smaller one. Um, definitely extendable. You know, you can build out your chart of accounts the way you want it. You can build out your workflows for approval workflow and AP. You know, you can, you can do kind of the core configuration with a little bit of customization, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's the upgrades that, that come later. Does that kill all your customization? The answer is no. Business Central has been architected so that your customization stay intact, right? Right. But you better test it still, <laughs> for sure. Now, FNO, that's another story. That product was really built to be extended. It was, I, I remember in 2004, 2004, we had just started um, working with Microsoft at the ERP solutions. We had worked with GP and SL before, Great Plains and Solomon before. 
But we, we had a client pretty good size that we were looking at the old AX with. And as we got to know that product, it was very clear that it was built to be extended or meet the customer's business processes. So, you know, a lot of out of the box functionality, but the platform was one of the first that was architected with this concept of upgrades where <coughs> Microsoft would upgrade the core technology and it wouldn't touch the customization that sat around that. And, and I do think Microsoft has kept that, that approach intact fairly well. And, um, and again, the FNO product is the product that a lot of these partners that are global partners, I mean, these are $100 million, $200 million businesses right. that have written solutions on that FNO platform that they can then take to those micro vertical industries that I told you about earlier. Right. So, so it's very customizable. And but there's a the, the tricky side of that is it's expensive to implement. It just takes more time to implement. But right. if you know it and it's the right solution, no problem. Then it works. Yep. For sure. Yep. So from your experience of working with um, clients through the years and with Microsoft, um, why do they tend to win over their competitors? Hmm. Hmm. Good question. You know, Microsoft has a uh, a unique qualifier in that the company that is looking at the Microsoft ERP is probably already a Microsoft customer. Okay, makes Meaning sense. Yeah, they've got operating systems from Microsoft Windows, who does it? Mm -hmm. But they also maybe have Power BI, they have some data analytics uh, tools that they've built, they've got other Microsoft technologies. And so you can have an IT group that really likes Microsoft, right? They like that background versus say Oracle or something else that they're not familiar with, right? So that's one reason why I think Microsoft has a little bit of a leg up over its competition. Um, I think another reason is they have a huge install base. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about the number of Great Plains customers, Solomon customers, Nav customers and AX partners, uh, customers, pardon me, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers on that, but we're, that's 20, 25, 30,000 businesses, if not more. I mean, NAV is very pervasive around the world. So there might be 20, 30,000 NAV customers. Hmm. So then you've got all the GP customers and the SL. It might, it might be closer to 50,000 customers. I don't know. Microsoft is a little elusive with their numbers on the ERP side, by the way. They don't really report that business line like Oracle does or, mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, um, who has other lines of business, right? They kind of separate it out a little bit more. Whereas Microsoft's not very clear on, like, how much did they sell in ERP last year? We don't know. But we do see their growth rates, which are going through the roof, right. um, especially for their cloud-based solutions. But, yeah, that's what I'd say. So if if a company is on NAV or Great Plains, is it a natural progression to go to Microsoft? Good question. Yeah, I mean, NAV and Great Plains would be, or even SL, the natural okay. progression would be to go to Business Central. And I would say, um, I mean, the people that hire us, mm -hmm. they they don't normally do that. They would say, you know, I really want to see what's out there in the market. But a lot of people that don't hire us, I do think that's what they do. Microsoft does have some incentives. It's not big, but to move to the Business Central platform, mm -hmm. which is nice. It does look a lot like the older solutions for sure. Um, there's some migration tools that some of the partners have that will take you from your old GP or SL into NAV, which is nice. And, um, and we should definitely talk about partners too later. 
on the Microsoft channel because that's important also. But but that so that natural progression makes a lot of sense, right? And especially if you're coming off one of those three products. Now, if you're AX, you will go to the FNO solution for sure. Um, it, that's it's a better deployment. It's in the cloud. You don't have to worry about all the blah blah stuff with the you know all the cloud stuff that we talked about in another CPE earlier this summer. You should check that out if you want to know more about the cloud stuff. For sure, it's good. It's not just blah blah, but um, but that's yeah that's that's sort of it. Yeah. Well, you touched on um, pricing a little earlier. Can you speak to like what what a client can expect from Microsoft's pricing structure? So I'm just going to say you're welcome right now to all. (laughs) This is good. And it's important that you understand this. The software pricing is very cost effective. So we got BC down here and we have we have FNO up here. BC pricing is based off of, it's a per user per month cost. That's it. There's no module cost. There's no other cost, just per user per month. It's like office, basically. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. That's mm-hmm. right. And so is so is FNO. FNO is a per user cost. Now, I think there's some, maybe some charge for some other uh, modules, but it's really mostly a per user cost. So the software cost of, of, of uh, the Microsoft solutions is basically set up to put people like us out of business. It's like, hey, it's cheap. Go buy it. What's the problem? You know, hey, go get the software. You're already on it. Move it up. The implementation cost is where it gets a little tricky. But FNO is a different story. FNO, um, even though the pricing for the software is very effective, we do see ratios of implementation of software to implementation costs of one to five. And we are recently seeing one to 10 and maybe one to 15. Meaning for every dollar you spend in software, you're going to spend 10 in implementation. Oh, wow. Yes. It's a big product to implement. It's a complex product. Now it can run complex business processes it can work really well with your Microsoft ecosystem, even other technology ecosystems. But you just got to know, wow, you know, I literally just yesterday had this conversation with a client. They're like, wow, the Microsoft, the, 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 the software is really effectively cost. Like, am I missing something here? You know, like, is it one of the costs? I'm like, no, you're spot on. Right. But I know from being through the FNO implementations that even even on paper, even the initial estimates are going to be more like a one to five, one to ten ratio. So just it is something to be aware of. Any of the FNO partners that are listening to this, you guys challenge us, tell us if we're saying something wrong here. But in our experience, get ready for those big ratios. And because you don't, nobody, nobody, especially the FNO partners, want to go into an implementation with a customer that doesn't know what they're about to get into. That's nobody. Right. Because that is one thing, I'll use this this time to say it right now. The partners on the Microsoft ecosystem, um, I like them a lot. I, I really, really do. There's one I don't, because we get a lot of calls from customers that say, hey, we were doing an implementation with blah. I'm not gonna say it though, right? Okay, good. I'm not gonna cough and say it. I'm not gonna say it, but, but anyway, they, these guys get really busy. They get super busy and that's what happens is that they, the client doesn't know what they're doing. The partner gets real busy. Maybe they get some junior people and they're billing, 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 billing. And then the client says, why are we doing this project? Because you bought it. You were the one, but something changed and we didn't manage expectations. And then here, ERP advisors, can you fix this? 
Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, we will. But um, but the partners are really good because the business central partners, remember, smaller product, they came from GP, they came from SL, they came from that. Those, those companies were working with a lot of small, medium-sized businesses around the world, right? A lot of business owners, a lot of people that were out there, you know, pouring their hearts and souls into their business, risking everything. And they wanted partners that would do the same for them, right? And a lot of those Microsoft partners are, are still doing that. And the FNO partners, um, what, what happened several years ago is Microsoft had a lot of partners, tons and tons of partners in their partner channel. And they said, you know, this is really expensive and it's risky. So we want you partners to consolidate. Well, okay. So then the one partner bought the other partner and then the bigger partner bought that little partner and then the bigger partner bought that bigger partner. And now we got big partners, like literally that feel like global partners. It's like a child song. Maybe I'll, our analysts should sing that when they start with this. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry, analysts. But um, but the key thing is, though, is that you, so you've got these global based partners now. There's national partners, too, for especially on the FNO side. They just get busy. Yeah. And, and, and you just got to make sure, like, I can't say this enough. I beat the drum. I beat the table that when you do an FNO implementation, you have to manage the implementation partner. It's like a tier one solution. You have to know what they're working on. You got to know if they're stopped, if they're waiting for some requirements. If they're waiting for requirements, give them the requirements and they'll build it out. You know, like we're in a client right now that's just been just a burger of an implementation. We selected FNO for them. I know it was the right solution, mostly because their IT infrastructure was Microsoft, but the tools were perfect. And a lot of integrations and stuff and reporting and analytics they wanted to do. It was a beautiful solution for them. But but our client got super busy and just didn't keep up with the partner. And the partner was doing a bunch of stuff. And they're billing, bill, 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 bill. Right. And the client's like, I think this is what I want. I think that's what I want, I think. And then, they, then boom, you know, six months in, they're like, this isn't what I want at all, right? That's right. It can happen with Oracle. It can happen with SAP. It happens. It can happen with a NetSuite. It can happen with Acumatic. It can happen with any partner. But the thing is, is that the FNO partners are bigger and that solution is bigger. It requires more people and they're smart people. So they're going to build stuff out. You just better make damn sure it's the right thing. And it's up to you to make that decision. It's not them. So if you're going to do an FNO solution, just know there's extra responsibility that you have to take into that implementation. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's just you have to drive them. You have to be aware of what they're doing. Make sure they're doing the right thing. Do your damn testing. Sign off that your requirements are correct up front. Then do your testing. Sign off on that. And then you'll go live successfully because they're great partners. But that's right. Have a dedicated person that is keeping track and keeping tabs on what needs to be done. Otherwise, it could go off the rails or fall into the cracks and then who knows what, right? That's right. And, and that, that dedicated person has to know what they're doing. We just had that happen at another client where the dedicated person just hadn't been through this before. So she didn't know what she didn't know. She didn't know when, okay, here, go sign off on these requirements. Oh, Okay but they were wrong. They were the wrong requirements, you know? So it's tough. It's just, it just, I mean, we could make a whole living, frankly, running, uh, helping our clients on FNO implementations because there's so much need for it out there. Just be aware. If you're listening to this, chances are you're interested in Microsoft. You're probably a little freaking out. That's why you went and did the research to find this, honestly, right? And you should be. You should just be aware of what you're getting into. Just make sure you manage it. 
Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a wealth of knowledge with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, Continue to be on the lookout for our multi-part series this summer that will help advance your ERP knowledge and allow you to take advantage of over a century of combined ERP experience from our expert consultants here at EAG. Thank you again for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This summer, ERP Advisors Group will be reviewing the most prominent ERP software vendors in the market. For more information about these vendors, please visit our website at erpadvisorsgroup.com. You can also find more EAG content by following us on social media or by subscribing to our podcast, The ERP Advisor.